Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve salatu ve selamu ala şerefil enbiyeyi vel mursalin. Muhammedu Resulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve ala alihi ve sahibi ve sellem teslimen kathiren kathira. Fama ba'duhu, my brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla delaluhu created us and sent us into this world for a short period of time. During this period, he promised to take care of all our affairs, in return for which he gave us the honor of establishing his deen on the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in Surah Al-Zariyat, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ يُتْعِمُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الرَّزَّاقُ ذُو الْقُوَّةِ الْمَتِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I did not create the jinn and the humans except to worship me. I seek no provision from them, nor do I need them to feed me. Instead, indeed, Allah alone is the supreme provider, the Lord of all power and ever, and ever mighty. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us to know him and to worship him and to enable us to do that. He not, not only did he take care of all our needs, but he also gave us a system, the deen of Islam, whereby every action of ours becomes an act of worship if it is done with the right intention and in the right way. Both intention and method are important and one does not uh, nullify the need for the other. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us his messenger Muhammad Rasulullah to teach us by word and action how to apply Islam in our lives. That is the sunnah of Rasulullah which is the field book of the Quran. The orders are in the Quran. How to carry them out, we learn from the blessed life of Rasulullah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Aqimu salah, establish salah. How to do that, we learn from Rasulullah who taught people this and he said, Sallu kama muni usalli, pray as you have seen me pray. Now, if we do this in every action of ours, from eating to sleeping to working to studying to marrying to raising children, in short, every action that we do for our own benefit, we will be rewarded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We do the action to fulfill our need, but if we do it in keeping with the sunnah, we will be rewarded for it. For example, we smile at somebody because we like them, because they are our friends, because we want to be nice and polite. So our smile is for our personal benefit. It gets, gets us a reward right here, because if you smile at people, people smile back at you. You form a good relationship with somebody. But that smile is also sadaqah. So in, in, on the day of judgment, this smile will be on our scales. We have the dalil of uh, the hadith narrated by Abu Dhar uh, Ghifari anhu, that some people from among the Sahaba of Rasulullah said to him, Ya Rasulullah Wasallam, the rich people will get more reward because they pray and we pray and they fast and we fast, but they give in charity from their excess wealth and we have nothing. He وسلم, said, has not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given you things with which you can give charity? Every tasbih, subhanallah, is charity. Every takbir, Allahu Akbar, is charity. Every tahmeed, alhamdulillah, is charity. Every tahleel, la ilaha illallah, is charity. Um, enjoining good is charity. Forbidding evil is charity. Um, and then he said, having intercourse with your wife is charity. 
Now they said, Ya Rasulullah, if one of us fulfills his desire, is there reward in it for him? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, do you not see that if, he, that if he did it in a haram way, he will have the burden of sin? So if he does it in a halal way, he will have the reward for it. And this is in uh, Sahih Muslim. Now, what more can we ask for? Live your life normally, do whatever you like, enjoy yourself, set great financial, political, educational, family or community goals and achieve them, become rich and famous and successful and powerful, but do it as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered and as Rasulullah showed us and we can have all that we desire in this life and Jannah when we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah. Rasulullah was all of these things and more. He was powerful and he was uh, influential and so on and more. In a purely worldly context, Rasulullah was the most successful human being ever. He took his people from being the weakest, least influential, most oppressed and persecuted to becoming role models and undisputed leaders of their land in just 23 years. He inspired the creation of great empires which ruled the world for over a thousand years. His message permeated the psyche of the world and founded universities and educational institutions spanning boundaries of time and geography. His model of life is a model of success for anyone who wants to use it, Muslim or not. And for the Muslim, it is the ticket to Jannah. The biggest focus, the biggest fact to note is that unlike the so-called greats of the world, Alexander the Great, Caesar and so on, he did all of this without wars, without bloodshed or oppression. He won hearts and minds over by his unbending commitment to truth and reason and his beautiful manners. In a world today which is characterized by compromising truth and justice and compassion for the sake of political power, it is good to remind ourselves that Rasulullah had and inspired more political power than anyone can hope to do today, but he did that without compromising in any way the values and ideals that he stood for. I began with this introduction because there are two voices that promote compromise and one that warns us against it. It is essential to recognize these voices and to know what to do when we hear them, if we want to achieve our life goals and Jannah. The first voice is the voice of Shaitan. He is our constant companion who is totally dedicated to his goal of getting us into Jahannam. That is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us to recognize him and told us how to treat him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Inna shaitana lakum adu, Surely Shaitan is an enemy to you, so take him as an enemy. He only invites his followers to become inmates of the blazing fire. Please notice that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not telling us to merely ignore Shaitan or to turn away from him or not to listen to him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that shaitan is our enemy and that we should fight him. Now, how can we fight shaitan? We can fight him by recognizing his voice and doing the opposite of what he advises us to do. Let me state something else which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us about shaitan, that he has no power over us. He can only whisper and tempt. 
He cannot force us to disobey Him, to disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or to go against the sunnah of Rasulullah both of which are the same thing anyway. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَإِذَا قَرْأَتَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ إِنَّهُ لَيْسَ لَهُ سُلْطَانٌ عَلَى الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ إِنَّمَا سُلْطَانُهُ عَلَى الَّذِينَ يَتَوَلَّوْنَهُ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ بِهِ مُشْرِكُونَ Allah said, when you recite the Qur'an, seek refuge with Allah. فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ From Mina Shaitan al-Rajim, from Shaitan, the accursed. He certainly has no authority over those who believe and put their trust in Allah and have to open Allah subhanahu wa his authority is only over those who take him as a patron and who, under his influence, associate others with Allah in worship. Truly, the Quran is clear and we ignore it only at our own peril. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us how to protect ourselves from shaitan, um, which is by seeking the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <clears throat> Now, remember that seeking the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not only restricted to reciting Quran, but extends to every aspect of life. We must make it a habit to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection always. Always keep saying, A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim A'udhu billahi minash shaitan rajim I want to draw your attention to all those who, even though the mask mandates have been withdrawn, continue to wear masks for their own safety. <clears throat> that is because they are so afraid of the danger of infection that they want to take no chances. The question we must ask ourselves is how fearful are we about being infected by shaitan, the result of which will be far more serious than COVID or any worldly disease. After seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection, we must have faith and iman and reliance and tawakkul on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Evidence of faith is to obey Allah. No excuses, no games, no compromises with the orders of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered us in the way that Rasulullah taught us is the meaning of Islam. When we obey, we have faith. When we have faith, Allah blesses us, blesses us with tawakkul. Remember that to have faith is a choice. Tawakkul is the reward of faith. That is not a choice, but an honor and reward. There are many who don't have faith, or those who claim to have faith but have no tawakkul. But there is nobody who has or had tawakkul, but whose faith was weak, weak or absent. Tawakkul frees us from all worries, all anxieties, all fears. Tawakkul ennobles and illuminates our hearts with the noor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's magnificence and power, which drives out the shadows of all evil. The one who has tawakkul has Allah. Who else does he need? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked, is Allah not sufficient for his slave? Bala ya Yes, ya Rab. Why not, ya Rab? That is the reason why ta'alluq ma'Allah, the connection with Allah, is so critical. How can one be the slave of a master who one doesn't know and is not connected to? But when I am the slave of a master whose magnificence blinds me to all human pretensions of power, whose power shows me the true extent of the power of the spiders spinning their webs 
masquerading as worldly rulers, whose mercy I am constantly aware of and grateful for, whose forgiveness I seek and am assured of, then what do I care for this world and whoever and whatever it contains? I still use it as a tool because I have been put into it and shown how to use it. But it can never be, it can never be my goal or my desire or, or the aim of my life. My life is worth much more than chasing the world. I use my life to gain the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like Rasulullah taught us, as the farmer uses his fields to plant grain to harvest and feed his family. Planting is not his goal. It is the means to reach his goal, which is to feed his family. The dunya or worldly life is not our goal. Our goal is to reach Jannah. The dunya is the way to do that. It's a means. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed us how to build our iman. He commanded us and said, Ya amanu, He said, O believers, enter Islam completely and totally and do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. Surely he is your sworn enemy. Think about this. If you follow or I follow the footsteps of shaitan, what does it mean? It means shaitan is not there. I am following the footsteps of my own volition, which means I am responsible for what I am doing. My brothers and sisters, let us remind ourselves that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered complete and total and not partial obedience in all, aspect, in all aspects of life. It is very important to note that the problem that most Muslims have is not with total disobedience and kufr, but with partial obedience that they are happy with and think is enough. Please remember that selective obedience is disobedience. Selective obedience is arrogance. When a person selectively obeys Allah, he is saying by his actions, you may have ordered me to do such and such, but I will decide what and how much of what, how much of that I want to do. Now, this is one of the one of the most famous uh, games or favorite games of shaitan, which gives one the illusion of being obedient while putting oneself in a very bad place with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many times have you heard this? Oh, at least I am doing this. After all, I am doing this. Please understand, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not saying, at least, please do this. Allah says, obey completely and totally. Allah warned us, Jalla Jalalhu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah said, Do you believe in some of the scripture and reject the rest? Is there any reward for those who do so among you other than disgrace in this worldly life and being subjected to the harshest punishment on the day of judgment? For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is never unaware of what you do. The standard of behavior for the believers is as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala described it. إِنَّمَا كَانَ قَوْلَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذَا دُعُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمْ أَنْ يَقُولُوا سَمَعْنَا وَأَطَانَا فَأُولَيْكَ هُمُ الْمُفْلِحُونَ Allah said the only response, that means the only acceptable response of the true believers when they are called to Allah and His Messenger وسلم, so that He may judge between them is to say we hear and we obey.
It is they who will truly succeed. We hear and we obey. This is obedience with knowledge, not blind obedience. It is obedience with knowing who Allah is and who His Messenger وسلم, is and having a heart filled with love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger وسلم, and the desire to do whatever it takes to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the position of the Muslim. The best and most powerful way to fight shaitan is to take the position of we hear and we obey. No games, no excuses. Just obedience because we love the one to whom is our return. Let shaitan whisper. We don't follow him because we are ibadullah. We are the slaves of Allah. We are not ibadul shaitan. We are not the sh- slaves of shaitan. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu for his mercy and protection and forgiveness. I remind myself and you that shaitan on the day of judgment will say very clearly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned us. Allah said, when shaitan has, shaitan will deceive you and when shaitan has uh, convinced you, then he will say, I have nothing to do with you. I finally remind myself and you that when all is said and done, shaitan will wash his hands of all responsibility for having deceived us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us what he will say. He will say, وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانُ لَمَّا قُدِيَ الْأَمْرُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَوَعَدَ الْحَقِّ وَوَعَدْتُكُمْ فَأَقْلَفْتُكُمْ وَمَا كَانَ لِيَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانِ إِلَّا أَنْ دَعَوْتُكُمْ فَاسْتَجَبْتُمْ لِي فَلَا تَلُومُنِي وَلُومُ أَنفُسَكُمْ مَا أَنَا بِمُسْرِخِيكُمْ وَمَا أَنْتُمْ بِمُسْرِخِيِّ إِنِّي كَفَّرْتُ بِمَا أَشْرَكْتُمُونِ مِنْ قَبْلِ إِنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ And Shaitan will say to his followers after the judgment has passed, Indeed, Allah made you a promise, made you a true promise. I too made you a promise, but I failed you. I did not have any authority over you. I only called you and you responded to me. So do not blame me, blame yourselves. I cannot save you, nor can you save me. Indeed, I denounce your previous association of me with Allah in loyalty. Surely the wrongdoers will suffer a painful punishment. Imagine the disgrace of having shaitan denouncing the person who disobeys Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How much worse can it get? I advise myself and you, let us not fall into this trap. And let us turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in repentance. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us and to... um, to help us and to forgive us uh, and not allow us to uh, not allow us to fall into uh, these traps of shaitan. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to uh, make it easy for us to turn towards him and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us and to keep us in his protection.